we're restored, we're made whole in your presence. God, I pray that it's a challenge to the church for the rest of the week. This is the first day of the week. God, I pray that our challenge would be that every day we would take time to get into your presence. Thank you, God, for allowing us to be able to come this morning and corporately worship. As we continue with the word, God, I pray you'll be with Matt, that you'll anoint his words, and that our hearts be open and ready to receive what it is that you have for us. As I always pray that we walk out changed and challenged, not the same way that we came in, full of worry, doubt, unbelief, confusion. But God, we come into your presence and we find answers. We pray and ask all this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. So good morning again. Um, so here's the thing. If you haven't noticed, you guys have had to listen to me every Sunday since the first of the year. And um, not only is that, I'm sure, exhausting for you guys, but it's exhausting for me. And, um, you know, I, I know this is what I'm called to do. It's what I love to do. And I would not want to be anywhere else. But, but it is. It's a lot um, emotionally and spiritually and, and physically on me. And, and so um, I've been going hard all year. And so for the last, this will be our third year that um, I just, I'm taking a break. I'm going to take a few weeks off. And, um, uh, and it, this has uh, been such a, a good time for me every year to be able to just kind of be here, soak it in with you, to just love on you guys and, and just spend time uh, listening to other pastors and the things that God has telling them that we need to hear. Because uh, these guys are praying, they're preparing, and they're coming here ready to deliver what God's told them to, that we need to hear. And so, uh, so I, we don't take this lightly, and I, I don't take it very lightly who I invite in. And so uh, this is, it's a big deal. And so today's going to be our first week, and uh, it's just a kind of a, a series called Pastor's Choice. Uh, it's my choice on who comes to speak as God leads me, and it's their choice on what they tell us based on what God leads them to tell us. And uh, so, uh, so today we're going to kick it off with one of my, my best friends in ministry, just um, somebody that when I need somebody, I know he is there for me to call. Um, I know that I could call him at 2 a.m. in the morning. Uh, I don't because his wife might get me. But, um, but no, I, I know that I could call uh, Matt Oakley at 2 o'clock in the morning and he would be there for me. Never doubted that for a second. And, and he knows the same goes both ways. Um, but uh, today I want to just invite uh, Matt to come and share with you guys, and uh, he'll tell you a little bit more about him and where he's at now. Matt was here with us when we were part of the High Rock uh, organization. Uh, he was our, our minister of music and uh, our youth leader for a while, and, um, and God has certainly grown him and moved him on, and, and so um, he is just a good friend of this church and um, of mine. And so I want to introduce to you Matt Oakley. Yeah. Let's give it up for God. Let's give it up for your pastor. You don't get to go that quick. Yeah. Hey, like you said, we have been friends. Kelly, why don't you come up here too, girl? 
come on. I know I did. It's going to happen again. Because anytime I'm up here, you get prayed for. Right? Christians, brothers and sisters, they pray for each other because they love each other. Right? You guys mean a lot. Can we, uh, this is really hot when I'm on it. So, all right, that's better. We're going to pray for your pastor. Thank you guys, by the way, just as a church who allows their pastor to take a sabbatical, really important. Uh, it's much needed. Pastors go through a lot. You know, the Bible talks about bearing one another's burdens. Well, there's like a hundred of you in here. So Ron is also bearing your burdens too. At the same time, he's bearing his family and his burdens. So just remember that. Thank you guys for giving him a sabbatical. Uh, just reach your hand forward. This is going to get awkward for some of you, probably. Uh, just reach your hand forward toward us, and we're going to pray over your pastor. Jesus, thank you so much for Pastor Ron. Thank you for Miss Kelly, his sidekick, his wife. Lord, I just thank you for their leadership in my life, the times that I've needed it. I know what it's meant to me, so I know what it means to this church. Lord, I pray that you richly just give him some rest. Let him uh, dive into your word and just get restored in your word, Lord. Let him renew his mind so that he can lead this congregation and this church the direction that you want them to go. Thank you so much for this family. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen, amen and amen. Hey, if you have a Bible, uh, I hope you do. If you have a Bible today, you can go ahead and start trying to find Matthew chapter 18. We're going to read 21 and 22. That's going to be the main text. My name is Pastor Matt Oakley. I did used to be here. I remember the first time that Shane, wherever Shane is, he's here somewhere. He's probably sitting out in the lobby drinking on coffee right now. But I remember the first time Shane was on stage like seven years ago. And I remember being a, a youth pastor right here. Missy was with me and Crystal. Y'all were volunteers and we used to push the chairs back and we used to play this game called Ninja where we accidentally kicked the screen in one time. Ron, I just told on myself it's okay. Um, man, ain't nobody laughing in this place, man. What's wrong with this place? I'm gonna pray for y'all in a minute. Let me pray. It's okay. Who said that? I did. Yeah, Miss Kim, I remember, like, when I led worship, y'all saw how active Kim was standing up. I used to make her sit down because I thought she was going to take off with the piano. She got so excited. I said, Kim, calm down, sit down. <laughs> like, you're too charismatic sometimes. Here we go. But anyway, I did used to be here, and it's, it's a great pleasure always coming back here. I told someone today, I said, this is like home away from home. You know, for me, it's a, it's a home away from home. I am an executive pastor at the Brook Church, so greetings on behalf of the Brook Church. I get to do some awesome things there. One of the awesome things I get to do there is lead music, right? And I felt like when I came in this morning, Shane did a good job. He, like, took the new school music that I do now, and he took, like, one of the old school songs that I feel like used to be a regular because I didn't know many songs when I led worship here, and he did that. And look, I don't know who this is for, but during uh, Raise a Hallelujah, who, who likes that song, right? Who likes that song? It's a good song. I'm going to sing in the middle of a storm. Look, somebody's in here. Maybe it's a few people in here today. This is a word from God just for you. Whatever that storm is, you're about to walk it out because God's already walked it out for you. You know, and then Shane followed it up within your presence. He is going before you. He's already won the battle for you, right? You understand? So don't worry about that storm that you're in. It's about to be over, and then you're going to have a rainbow, and you're going to be able to look back and say, thank you, God, for your faithfulness, all right? Anybody, that was for you? Just come talk to me later. Maybe it's for multiple people. Come see me later. I'm going to do something a little different than what Pastor Ron does. Hey, if you can stand up, we're going to read this context together. 
Matthew 18, 21 through 22, it says this. Then Peter came to him and said, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. And Jesus probably shook his head. And he said to him, I do not say to you up to seven times, but up to 70 times seven. God, thank you so much for today. Thank you for allowing me to be able to be here and share some word with this, this URA community church, Lord. This church that I love and for the pastors that I love, Lord. I pray that you anoint me. Let it be your words and not my words. You guys can be seated as we say amen and give our neighbor a high five. Come on, give your neighbor a high five all the way across the church. This high fives is going everywhere. All right. Hey, today, if you didn't catch it in that context, in those verses, we're going to talk about something that we all struggle with and we all need to work on it, and it's forgiveness, right? We all need to work on it and we all struggle with it. How many people in here are married today, right? Quite a few of us. How many people in here are single and looking to get married one day? All right, my man, my man, I'm a... I'm going to teach the married people and the single people that are one day going to get married. Praying for you, man. She's out there. I'm telling you. She's out there. You're at a good place to try and find one. That's where I found mine. Um, true story, isn't it, babe? That's right. That's right. I'm going to teach you guys a phrase, okay? Men, listen to me. We make mistakes, okay? It's okay to own up to it. But we make mistakes. And when you make a mistake at home, you know, you accidentally burn some food, stinks in the house. If you're a cook like me, that happens all the time. Stinks. You try and cover it up with Lysol, right? You try and cover it up. <laughs> I, I love you already. Man, she just made my... I'm, I, I appreciate it. Somebody else did. But, man... It's, you lived up to the hype, okay? <laughs> you lived up to the hype. Man, let me teach you something, though, okay? If you do something wrong, it's just, you just look at your wife, all right? I have what I call the first five rule. When you walk in the door of the house, you've been gone all day, you give your wife five total minutes of your time, right? Without cell phones, without anything. It's a beautiful thing, isn't it, babe? Sometimes you just stare at each other, and you're like, oh, this is nice. But here's what happens. First five rule when you messed up. Just start off with this, man. I'm telling you, it works. I'm sorry. I love you. Let's go shopping. <laughs> Write it down. I'm telling you. Write it down. Now, on the other side, women, y'all make less mistakes than we do. We just got kicked out of the garden because uh, of y'all. And our poor leadership, because Adam wasn't around, Eve, right? Uh, women, I'm going to teach y'all something, okay? Similar, but yet very strong, right? You ready? I love you. I'm sorry. Here's the remote, <laughs> right? Because every lady knows you clapped, so you definitely know. Every lady knows that all a husband wants in the home is the remote control. We don't want to watch The Bachelor. I mean, closetly, maybe Ron does. Um, <laughs> closetly, I don't know. It's been a while since I talked to you about what you watch on TV. Uh, but everybody knows the man wants to control the remote, right? 
I like to control the remote. I want to watch bowling because I'm a nerd. I like bowling. It's okay. Right? But here's the deal. Sometimes in life we have to understand what forgiveness is. Right? We make mistakes. People are going to offend us. But to really understand what forgiveness is, we have to first look at what unforgiveness can do to us. Right? This is why I'm going to teach you what unforgiveness is so we understand why it's so important to use forgiveness in our lives. Unforgiveness, write this down, this is important. Unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting someone else to die. You understand? I'm going to say it one more time. Unforgiveness is like taking poison and expecting someone else to die. If someone does something to you and they don't even know they've offended you, but you're harboring unforgiveness in your life toward that person, basically, you're holding on to something that's going to kill you, not them. So all you got to do is simply say, it's okay. And we'll get to somewhere in a minute, I promise. Just remember that. Why is it important to forgive? Unforgiveness allows Satan to slip into your heart. If you don't believe me, read 2 Corinthians 2, 9 through 11. It's talking, Paul's talking strictly about forgiveness and what it means for Christians, specifically Christians, to forgive each other. I don't know if y'all know this, a lot of churches get divided because of unforgiveness. A lot of committees, a lot of people come into churches and they have their agenda, right? And oftentimes they get offended when their agenda doesn't get met and that starts unforgiveness and then they say something that tries to hurt someone else and it just becomes this ugly, ugly thing that Jesus never meant for it to be. It allows Satan to creep in. And unforgiveness oftentimes will lead to bitterness. And if you do your research on what bitterness can do to you, it leads to anxiety, it leads to stress, and it leads to depression, right? All three of those things are kind of bad. Not saying that you can't live your life without, you know, with those things in it, but it makes it a lot tougher. So, this is what I want you to know about forgiveness, though, all right? So I want you to know. Forgiveness is not, write that down, forgiveness is not. Forgetting what has ever been done to you or what you have ever done to someone else. Forgiveness is not a one-time climactic event. And forgiveness does not mean you no longer feel the pain of an offense that someone has caused you. I have a tattoo, right? If you're looking at me right now, you're probably thinking you got several tattoos, right? Let's not debate if that's right, wrong, whatever. As you can tell, I'm in the middle. I have a few. 23. Um, if you really need to know, 23. My parents just gasped a little bit. Jeez. <gasps> uh, but I have one in particular. I go to a lot of youth things, right? Ron told you I used to be a youth pastor. And I go speak at a middle school uh, when school is in session every week. About 75 kids are there. Um, and without doubt, every time I go to a youth thing, I ask Five questions. I say, hey, you get five questions to ask me. I'm going to answer them so we get to know each other, right? I like to know what everybody's favorite color is. So what's your favorite color? Is it blue? It's probably not. I think you're a yellow person. I don't know, but you shook your head, so it looks like you like yellow. Um, what is your favorite color? Green. Green? Teal. Okay, right? You like teal? That's my son's favorite color, right? 
But anyway, see, we just got to know each other on a much different uh, level, right? I know you like, like a green color, like a green. It doesn't tell me it's green. It means light green. But anyway, I allow kids to ask five questions just to get to know each other. And without fail, always is about my tattoos, right? But I have one in particular because I talk with my hands a lot and I do this, right? And if you can see it, it says right there, 70 times 7. And a lot of times kids ask, why do you have that on there? Well, I got that at a time in my life, and I bless you, for you have sneezed a great sneeze. Um, I got that tattoo at a time in my life when I needed to be reminded constantly that it's okay to forgive someone, and it's okay to forgive that person again. Because what's going to happen is you're not going to ever forget. Has anyone ever heard forgive and forget? Raise your hand. Just Have you ever heard that? How many of you, with your hands up, keep your hands up, forgive and forget? How many of you have ever forgotten what you forgave somebody for? Just a few of you, right? Put your hands down. It's really hard. Forgiveness is more like this. I'm going to forgive you, and I'm going to forgive you again, and I'm going to forgive you again, and I'm going to forgive you again. Because you're not ever going to forget. It's going to happen. That's why Jesus simply answers 70 times 7. Like, it's not 490. Don't get wrapped up in the number. He's just telling you just to keep forgiving because you're going to keep getting hit with things in your life. In the case of forgiveness, we've all heard that the forgiven the forget, right? We just went over that. And the truth of the matter is it's never going to be a forgotten thing. It's going to be something you remember and you have to keep forgiving about. And in forgiveness, sometimes we're the forgiver, right? Sometimes we're the forgiver, and sometimes we're the forgiven. Sometimes we're the forgiver. We have to forgive someone for what they did to us, right? We have to forgive someone for what they did to us, even if we never see them face to face. Someone does something to you, it hurts your feelings, and what happens? Oftentimes, you want to you flex at them. You want to get back at them because we're defensive, right? You say something mean to me or about my family, what do you think I'm going to do back? I'm probably going to say something, well, if I'm not walking in the Spirit, I'm probably going to say something mean to you just in retaliation, right? It's kind of like getting kicked in the shin. You get kicked in the shin, you're going to punch somebody in the throat. I'm just saying, it hurts to get kicked in the shin. You want them to hurt worse, so you take their air away from them, right? That's what I was taught. I don't know. Maybe you weren't taught that. But sometimes we have to forgive people, right? It's... it's it blows my mind how many times we can be offended by something and never tell someone that they offended us. What? Nope. We're just going to get on Facebook and throw out a massive message on our feed and say, I can't believe it. Well, I can't believe that we do that. What is wrong with us? Look, I'm going to teach you all a phrase. I'm all about teaching phrases to help us live life better. Okay? Write this down. Somebody does something to you you didn't like, right? Just say somebody makes fun of your shirt that you're wearing, okay? Might have happened to me today. I'm not going to tell you. But just say somebody makes fun of your shirt, right? You didn't like that. It hurts your feelings. I learned this phrase a long time ago, and I live by it. You ready for this? Write it down. Write it down. They didn't mean it. They didn't mean it. You know? Because then it instantly helps you get over it. You get offended by something. You tell yourself, they didn't mean it. Mm. They didn't mean it. It's okay. Now you're asking yourself, where did you get that from, right? 
You asking where I got that from, Ron? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad that you asked. There was this guy named Stephen in the Bible who was being stoned, right? He's being stoned. And what does he pray? I'm going to tell you what he prays. He's praying to God as he's, he's leaving this life. He said, Father, forgive them because what? They don't know what they're doing. They didn't mean it. Where did Stephen get it from? He got it from this guy named Jesus who was on the cross. He's on the cross dying for our sins. This is what Jesus says. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They didn't mean it. So if we simply get to they didn't mean it, you can say it funny. You can say it serious. I tend to say it funny because people make fun of skinny jeans a lot and the shirts that I wear. And I have to tell myself, look, this is my style. They didn't mean it. I look good. I know I look good. Ron, look, I told Joanna, you came up here for the welcome. I said, I knew me and Ron were best friends because we wear the same shoes. People make fun of my shoes all the time. They don't mean it because Ron's got them, you know. They make fun of me. They make fun of Ron, too. We in the same boat. High five. But sometimes you just got to say it to yourself. They ain't mean it. I forgive you. They ain't mean it. And then there's other times that we have to be the ones that are forgiven, right? Sometimes we have to be the ones that are forgiven. Sometimes we make the mistake, we go to somebody and do something wrong, and we have to ask for forgiveness. Now, how many of you, that's a hard thing to do? You do something wrong? You don't have to raise your hand, because it's tough to admit stuff in church sometimes. But we all do stuff wrong, and we have to go back and we have to say sorry, right? Today is an extremely emotional day for me, a little bit. My best friend in the whole world, other than my wife, he used to be here with us. Uh, his name was Jonathan. A lot of you know. I carry his picture in my, my, my Bible everywhere I go, everywhere I preach. His name was Jonathan. And me and Jonathan, we were tight. There's one thing about us. We were tight. People thought we were oftentimes brothers. We were so close. I don't know how they got that. He was short, redheaded, and feisty. I'm not feisty nor redheaded. Um, but, and Jonathan liked to run, you know? He liked running. I don't like to run. I'll lift weights with him, but I didn't run. But we went through a lot together. But there came a time in my life when I could no longer give Jonathan what he needed. And Jonathan ended up passing away about a year ago, right? Some of y'all know that. Some of y'all don't know that. But I needed to ask for his forgiveness. But I was never allowed to because he got to leave this world before I did. And so what I'm telling you today is this. Is if you have someone that you need to ask forgiveness from, you got to make it right before it's too late. You got to make it right before it's too late. Because then what happens is you start to carry what people would consider guilt around. And that's, that's probably what I did for a little bit in my life. Maybe if I'd have answered the phone one more time, I could have done something more. Um, but what I had to learn about forgiveness is this. Sometimes when we ask for forgiveness, we first have to forgive ourselves so that we can learn how to forgive other people. Look, Jesus gave two commandments, right? He, there's a lot of commandments in the, the Old Testament he fulfilled. We should live by, I agree, 100%. He gave two in the New Testament. One was love God with all your heart, soul, and mind. 
And two, love your neighbors as yourself, right? Well, if we don't know how to love ourselves, right? Check this out. If we don't know how to love ourselves right, how are we ever going to learn how to love our neighbors? So part of loving ourselves is forgiving ourselves for the past. Things that we've done in the past that we're still holding on to, we have to learn to let them go, say it's okay for the mistakes that I've made, and get along about your day. Because the enemy's going to try and bring them up, but guess what? You're already forgiven. You've already forgiven yourself. God has already forgiven you, and he's already won that battle for you. You no longer have to look back and say, but what about when I did this? It don't matter. You just have to forgive yourself. So, all that being said, we're going to look at some real-life examples. Peter was the guy who asked Jesus, right? Peter was the guy that asked Jesus, how many times should I forgive my brother when they sin against me? Right? How many times should I say, I forgive you when someone offends you? That was Peter. Check it out. Same guy, Matthew 26, 31 through 35. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Talking about right before he gets crucified. I will, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, this night before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. Peter said to him, Even if I die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. You see, I love Peter. I love him because he's so fervent about what he's telling Jesus. He said, Hey, Jesus, I'm not going to do this. I got you back all the way. Let's fast forward a little bit. Luke chapter 22, 54 through 62. It's a lot of reading, but we're going to get somewhere, I promise. Having arrested him, they led in the hymn they're talking about is Jesus. They led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Verse 55. Now, when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter sat among them. And a certain servant girl, seeing him as he sat by the fire, looked at him intently. Has anybody ever looked at you intently? You know what I mean? They just stared at you. You ever been to a restaurant and somebody's just staring at you? Mmm. Why are you eating bread so loud? That's, that's what I do. When I go to a restaurant, somebody's eating real loud. What are you doing? Stop smacking. It's okay. I pray for them in Jesus' name, too. Um, but this girl look at, looked at him intently. And she said, this, is, this man was also with him. Talking about Peter was with Jesus. But he denied it, saying, woman, I don't know you. Sounds like he's from Albemarle, right? <laughs> woman, I don't know you. Sounds like he's from Albemarle, a town. Come on. And in verse 58, after a little while, another one saw him and said, you are also one of them. But Peter said, man, I am not. I am not. Sounds like Peter's getting scared. Does it not? Then after about an hour passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. And immediately while he was speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord. He had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And so Peter went out and wept bitterly. So in his 
mind saying, man, I'm not going to deny you, Jesus. I'll never do that, even if I have to die with you. And then what happens? He does it. And what, what does the Bible say? He went out and he wept bitterly. Why? Why did he do this? Because he had just offended one of his best friends by not defending one of his best friends. So let's fast forward. Jesus gets crucified, goes to the grave. He comes back. It's a wild time. Everybody's like, oh, man, he's a ghost. Showed up. Mary. You know, that whole story is amazing. It's an account. It's good. It gives life. Check this out, though. John chapter 21, 15 through 19. We're going to read that. So when they had eaten breakfast, I love Jesus because he loves breakfast. Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? And he said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And he said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah. Simon, son of Jonah is Peter, if you catch up with me. Do you love me? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, and tend to my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And Peter, again, was grieved because he said to him a third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things and you know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. Most assuredly, I say to you, when you are younger, you girded yourself and you walked where you wish. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you to where you do not wish, signifying by the death which he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, then follow me. You see, what I love about Jesus is he gives Peter a real-life experience in what, it, what his first original question was. How many times should I forgive someone? Seventy times seven. How many times did, did uh, Peter say he wouldn't deny Jesus? Three. How many times did Jesus ask Peter if he loved him? Three. See what I'm seeing? There's a trend there. How many times? And then they're shown out, right? It doesn't matter how many times you make a mistake. It matters what you do after the mistake, after the forgiveness. You see, that's what I love about Jesus. Jesus is saying, hey, do you love me? And then what? Peter says, you know I love you. You know all things. What's Jesus' response every time? Feed my sheep. Right? So with forgiveness, there comes an action. There comes an action. You see, the action that we all tend to forget about a lot of times as Christians is the action that Jesus took for us on the cross. You know, he forgave us. We accept that forgiveness and he lives in us. And then the Bible says that we're to bear one another burdens. We're to love each other. But there, let me be honest with you guys. I go to a lot of churches. I see a lot of people. And some of the meanest people I've ever met are in churches. They have zero love for each other. There's people sitting on this side that have been fighting with people on this side for years. I'm not saying that here, but if there is, hey, let's get it together today. Let's, let's forgive each other today. Forgiveness is key. Jesus' prayer for the church was that we can become one, not become many. We are one body, multiple parts. 
We have to be unified in his love and his covering, or we're not going to be able to effectively reach this world. You know, and there's coming a time, I believe it in my heart, that there is revival springing up in America right now because the church needs revival. Not just America. The church needs revival. We've been taught things that it's okay. It's okay if you do this. It's okay if you do that. Ah, if you're offended, you just need to get thicker skin. Look, I'm of the belief of this. If you are a Christian, I'm going to just tell you right now. If you're a Christian, you're going to offend people by the way you live. But what it's going to do is it's going to draw them into how you live because they want to know why you live differently than they do. It's amazing what you do when you start living for Jesus in his forgiveness. And when people mock you, you just say, they didn't mean it. I love you in Jesus' name. And you keep going. And they sit there and say, what? I just put you down. And in their minds, you know, they're blown away. In our minds, you didn't even really hear what they said other than they didn't mean it. I love you in Jesus' name. Jesus loves you too. Next thing you know, they might be in church with you. You never know. Forgiveness is rooted in this weird word that we just throw at everything these days. Forgiveness is rooted in love. And what does the Bible say? If you do these things without love, you're doing them for no reason. Talking about the gifts of the Spirit. If we do things without love, what are we doing? That's what forgiveness is rooted in. You see, God forgave us by absorbing himself in the destructive and painful consequence of our sin. He took something from us that we deserved. God forgave us in Christ by canceling a debt which we owed. That is to say that we could no longer be held liable for our own actions if we truly walk in him and allow him to walk through us. You see, when we accept Christ, we accept the Holy Spirit to live inside of us, that is heaven. You know how we always say heaven on earth, heaven on earth. Guess what? If you're a Christian, you got the Holy Spirit inside of you, you are heaven on earth. You need to start acting like it. Because if we tell people, let's show them heaven, or if we say we need to be a certain way and we're being the opposite way, mm, man, I don't want to be like that. I want to be the real deal. I want to follow Christ. God forgave us by reconciling God forgave us in Christ by reconciling us to himself, by restoring a relationship that our sin shattered. See, back in the garden, we, sat, we shattered it. God wanted a relationship with us where he could walk with us always. And he had it set up so well. But guess what happened? We messed it up, just like we do a lot of things. We mess up. But we need to confess up. You know what I mean? You mess up, just go ahead and confess. It's okay. You lied about something, confess. Don't do it again. Live in forgiveness. I'm going to tell you right now, forgiving, forgiving people is hard, right? Raise your hand if it's hard. It's tough. It's hard. But forgiving others as God has forgiven us means that we live the agenda of God by loving others without an agenda. See what I'm saying? When we love others like God loves them, that means we put ourselves aside. There's this verse that says that we have to die to ourselves every day. We have to lay ourselves down. What does that mean? That means we got to get out of our own way so that we can walk with Christ. 
to get out of our way means we put down whatever desire we truly have, and we desire the things that Christ desires. And what does he desire? That every man knows his name. Every man has a relationship with his father. And that's what we need to desire. Forgiving others as God has forgiven us means that we determine to do good to people rather than do evil back to people. That's why that phrase, they didn't mean it, is so important. I'm telling you, it's important. They didn't mean it. You need to learn it. Keep it in your mind. God has forgiven us in Christ by restoring the relationship that has been shattered. Look, maybe today you're here. You don't know what Jesus is really all about. I can tell you this. Whatever you carried in here, Jesus can take it away from you because he's already beat the battle for you. He's won. He took it on the cross. He left it on the cross. And then they put him in a grave. Y'all just sang a song. It said it was borrowed for three days. And guess what happened? He came out of that thing with the keys. And all he's simply saying is just come to him. He'll forgive you. I promise. You got to lay it down. Maybe you're in here today and there's some forgiveness of someone you need to ask in this room. Let's be real. Church families are tough sometimes. Y'all get on each other's nerves. I know it. That's okay. But just remember that you love each other. That's why you're both here. So if there was an offense in this room, get it right today. That way tomorrow and from now on, you can walk together knowing that you're on the same team, on the same page. And sometimes I will say this. There is people that you have to love way over there. You know, I have people in my life that I have forgiven. I've said I'm sorry to. They've said they're sorry to me. And as long as they're over there and I'm over here, we're all good. We can high-five on the way by and not ever say anything, but we know we're on the same team. So today, search yourself. See if there's some forgiveness in your heart that you need. Because if you continue harboring unforgiveness towards somebody or something, I'm telling you, it's going to weigh you down. And especially if you, you yourself. You got to learn how to forgive yourself. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for today. Thank you for the forgiveness that you have granted us by taking our sins and our punishment on, Lord. Thank you for what you did on the cross. Lord, I just thank you so much for, for being able to be here and share your word with these people, Lord. Lord, I love you, and I pray that if there is forgiveness in somebody's heart or some unforgiveness in somebody's heart today, that they can make it right with you. Jesus, we love you so much. Just take, take whatever is going on in someone's life, Lord, and just work. Just, you are powerful, you are great, and it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen.